Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. This show will begin shortly after these messages from our advertisers. Advertising is what keeps the show alive. Your support means they'll continue to advertise and the podcast will continue to be free. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, and your back. Oh my God, your back. They're constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here is something you haven't tried. Pain Absolve. Pain Absolve is not available in any drugstore. The only way to get it is by calling today. We're so confident that it will work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription needed. And best of all, each purchase comes with a money-back guarantee. Call now to find out how you can get Pain Absolve and get rid of your pain. Call 800-261-0783. That's 800-261-0783. 800-261-0783. Call today. 800-261-0783. Are you lacking a little something between paranormal and abnormal? You need the Into the Parabnormal store. Now open at parabnormalradio.com. From hoodies to shirts, accessories, and our digital music library, it's all available in the Into the Parabnormal store. Your purchase directly helps support the show. Thanks for buying from the Into the Parabnormal store at parabnormalradio.com. Good news. You started a company. Now you have to run it. When you look out into the sea of CRMs, it can look extremely blue. But HubSpot is here to give your company a more human approach. We're a CRM that's easy to use, aligns all your teams seamlessly, and delivers a better experience for your customers. So your business feels like a helpful partner and not just some company trying to force a sale. There's a better way to help grow your business by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. HubSpot. Grow better. Five, four, three.
lights go down and the clock ticks close to the witching hour, somewhere between abnormal and paranormal, enter at your own risk into the paranormal. about events of the paranormal sometimes they happen right in front of you and it's documented you saw it maybe someone around you saw it and there's no doubt in your mind that it happened in other cases you're able to capture great evidence on camera video or still shots and that goes a long way to proving your case and in other cases the activity is so extreme that it can be observed from afar, and what I mean by that is it can be observed remotely. And the three people who are coming on the program tonight have have observed this activity remotely, and they're here to add further credence and further backing up to the story of Keith Linder, which over the years has taken a beating and was just recently put through the ringer once again with another Ghost Adventures episode that, of course, we rebutted just a couple of weeks ago. It's available on YouTube and at ParabnormalRadio.com. And, of course, we've posted our seven and a half, eight hours of extensive interviews and content on this case up on our YouTube channel as well within the past month. So all of this is documented evidence And there have been numerous witnesses who have come forward to back up the story of the homeowner, Keith Linder. And uh, we have two more of those uh, coming on the program tonight. Uh, One of them who hasn't uh, been on the program in several years, so it'll be good to catch up with Nikki Novell and see what she's been doing and what she has to say on what's been happening with Keith's case. And um, we'll welcome one of the investigators who's also dealt with this case, but we haven't had a chance to speak with at length on the program, so I'm looking forward to that opportunity as well. And, of course, joining us again is Keith Linder, who's the homeowner, the Baffle Hell House, the Washington State Poltergeist House, Demons in Seattle. It goes by all of those names. It's the same property. It's the hell that Keith Linder personally endured himself and even since our interview which i expected the most recent rebuttal episode that we did after sharing that around on social media a few people came out of the woodwork to basically say it's bogus and it's not true and that keith made up the evidence but none of them have anything factually to base that on And none of them have actually stepped foot into the home except for the Ghost Adventures team. And, of course, we've talked about how they botched that case at length. And so without naming this person, I want to welcome back Keith Linder because I found it just appalling, Keith, that someone would make a claim uh, about your case when they haven't actually stepped foot into your home. How's that possible? (laughs) These people are supposed to be paranormal investigators. How do you investigate when you don't actually investigate? and reach a conclusion. I, I don't get that one. Yeah, Jeremy, uh, once again, thanks for uh, having me. Um, yeah, when you ping me of that, um, we'll, we'll say it was a tweet. Um, I'm used to that. Um, that comes periodically, less now compared to back in the day, I mean. But it's interesting, and it's interesting because like you said, this this particular individual um, has been on Ghost Adventures uh, show before, um, and they in 
a tweet to you or, or to whatever or responding um, or making accusations. Um, and one thing I think that person and even Ghost Adventures underestimated is I document everything. I document not only the evidence, not only the activity, um, but the emails or the correspondence communications that everybody I talk to as it relates to the house. Because everything, believe it or not, is evidence. So when this person, you know, ping you and I caught wind of it, you know, my my, I'm always going to tell people, you know, if you don't believe me, if you think it's a hoax, if you think it's fakery, attention seeking, I'm making it up as I go, then meet me somewhere in an open forum, neutral territory, a show like yours, Jeremy, or anywhere. And let's just come through the evidence together. Let me bring my witnesses, my investigators, my researchers. And once again, these investigators and researchers are coming from your community. I'm not in the paranormal. I live through the paranormal. So these people are your colleagues. So they're going to come forth and I'm just going to take a back seat. And then y'all can have a conversation about what was found in my house. Now, what's interesting about this individual you was referring to is they were making a claim and they've not set foot in the house, you know, and talk about trying to diagnose from afar or reach a conclusion. Now, they were invited. Of course, they were invited, but they never set foot in the house. And I, and I mentioned this in my book one, loyalist a.k.a. zealots of Ghost Adventures, who, after seeing the Demons in Seattle episode originally aired, uh, folded up tent, meaning in communications, and talking to me and Tina. Nobody would want to touch this house with a 10-foot pole after it was concluded that Ghost Adventures found nothing. Then comes Keith Linder's book three years later, and I'm showing with records and note-taking that Ghost Adventure was only in the house five hours. And that's it. And, and if you notice, if you saw the screaming room, they didn't refute that. They can't refute it. And they'll never state it openly to their listeners or to their audience. This person went a step further to say or to back Ghost Adventure that there was nothing in the home when they are 3,000 miles Away, so it, it it doesn't reflect poorly on me. Uh, I regrettably say um, it reflects poorly on the state we're in as far as the paranormal community. Everybody's taking up sides. Everybody's loyal to this crew, that crew, this show, that show, and it's not personal with me. I'm, I'm just telling the world and refuting how me and Tina were ill portrayed. And also, in addition to that, sharing evidence as it becomes available and letting people make up their own minds. So that was very interesting, this person coming out the woodwork. But the minute you notice when I said, hey, let's just meet and talk open air, uh, they receded back into the darkness in which they came. I want to welcome uh, Nicole Novell. A little bit about uh, Nikki. She grew up in a rural Maryland farmhouse where she encountered a tremendous amount of paranormal activity during her childhood. 
and has been seeking for answers about those experiences ever since. She's got a love for paranormal investigating and a quest for answers to the unknown. She's the co-owner of LiveParanormal.com, where she hosts a weekly radio show and streams paranormal investigations. Nikki has been appointed in leadership roles in various paranormal-based investigations and organizations and conducts lectures and Q&A sessions at many large-scale conventions. Nikki has been featured on numerous television shows, documentaries, and has been the lead investigator on multiple high-profile paranormal cases that have gone viral. She has worked alongside some of the most popular paranormal investigators, and Nikki actually works at one of the most haunted inns in America. She's joining us live tonight from the historic Farnsworth House in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is fascinating in and of itself. Because, you know, it's live and anything can happen. Welcome, Nikki Novell, back to Into the Parabnormal. So good to have you here. Thank you. It's been quite some time now, hasn't it? It has been, I think, by my record, probably about four years or so. So I'd be interested in your take on on all of this. Um, Now, you investigated the, the demons in Seattle House, not only in person, but then from afar, you also monitored the location. Is that all correct? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And actually, the other person who will be joining us tonight is the whole entire reason why I got involved in the case in the first place. Um, And I'm excited that she'll be sharing her two cents this evening. Um, But yes, um, we, her and I both remotely viewed the cameras for, I believe it was at least eight months, if not more. Um, And then I actually traveled out to the house to be able to witness everything firsthand. And I'd have to say, you can get evidence remotely as well as in person. And having that, uh, you know, being familiar with the space and, and with the situation before going in is incredibly surreal. So can you give my audience a recap of what you experienced while you were in the home? Oh, gosh. Um While I was in the home, let's see, I felt the bed vibrating, which is um, like a pulsating feeling um, that Keith had only been able to describe to me. Um, I wasn't sure that I'd be able to witness it firsthand, but it felt as though the bed had a pulse, which was really, really crazy. I actually caught um, cords moving, and then there's the Notorious Shadow Baby uh, video that went viral. Our Bible pages were turning. Um, I mean, it's just, I've got such a long list, I couldn't even be, we we don't have enough time to cover everything that I captured in the house. (laughs) Keith, I believe you referred to that thing, that creepy thing in the bed as the heartbeat. Uh, Yeah, I call it the uh, pulsation uh, heartbeat. Um, Mm -hmm. Very, uh, very weird. It's like a quick panting, if you will. And I'm... Nikki and uh, Carissa, when they were there, felt it with their fingertips. I had been living through it. But like she said, it's hard to describe. Nikki said previously before, there's really not a equipment that can really get, you know, grab that evidence and share it with the world. So, But uh, seeing is believing, or in this case, feeling is believing. And, um, yeah, it just blew my mind that they were there to uh, capture that because I had been complaining about it for a long time. You know, I have been accused of not d- digging deep enough, so I have to ask the question. Um, there couldn't have been a vibrator in the bed, could there have? <laughs> I didn't think so. You don't have to answer that question, but I will get accused by some for not asking the obvious. So there you go. We can just move on from that. So, Nikki, uh, I mean, cr- 
crazy stuff that you experienced in the home and, and you stayed there for for how long I was there for over a week, and um, I even caught a full-body apparition remotely, by the way, which I'm very proud of. In fact, I was showing it off today at work. Um, but I was there for a little bit over a week, and when I come in, I poor Keith, when he picked me up from the airport, he saw my bags, and then he had to help me pick them up because, quite honestly, they were full of equipment. Um, and he was like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, seriously, it's full of equipment. And we got to the house and I spread it all out in my room. And he, I think his jaw dropped. I don't think he had seen quite that many electronics outside of like Best Buy before. And um, <laughs> it was uh, very probably overwhelming to him to have all of this um, stuff brought in. But I think it was all worthwhile in the end. So, uh, Nikki, what kind of things did you bring with you? Lots and lots of cameras, audio recorders, um, laser grids. Um, I brought um, spy gear, which had a, like a laser line that you cross and would make sound go off, which uh, is also featured on Keith's YouTube channel. Uh, rim pods, shadow babies. Um, I'm sure uh, there's so many other things. Melmeters, um, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Keith, had you seen any gadgets quite like that? No, like, like I said, when I picked her up, the suitcase was heavy. I'm thinking, you know, these ladies are in my house, so they bought a lot of, you know, clothing and gear, and, you know. But when I when she opened up the bag, I mean, she was right. It's like a it's like a Best Buy Radio Shack store in my <laughs> bedroom, and I can tell you, Jeremy, the spirits in that house love that they 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 really do go after the gadgets because, like she said, there's a video on her channel and mine of the equipment being manipulated, of some strange electrical interferences uh, coming through the audio and video devices that you see from beginning to end that builds up in crescendos uh, fairly loud at the end. Um, so they're rummaging through this. Though. They're rummaging through equipment. And as you know, I had problems with my equipment. Uh, even during the monitoring of the home by these uh, two ladies, they ran into technical difficulty. I was sort of the IT, if needed, in the background, because sometimes the cameras would be switched. Sometimes they would be turned off. Sometimes their logins wouldn't work. And it became frustrating because they're putting in passwords that I've created in real time, and the spirits are just changing them in real time. And it just really um, bring the point home about the level of curiosity and how they love uh, electronic equipment we talk about a consciousness and an intelligence and there certainly has to be both of those involved in order for some sort of being to capture the password in the real time and be able to uh, either remember it or to change it exactly i mean we would change the passwords and i would tell jen okay retry and they tried it not working and i would change it again Sometimes the spirits would reconfigure the camera. Sometimes they would have the living room camera, which is labeled living room. And I'm still trying to figure out how they did this. And it's showing the bedroom. And it's like they can switch the MAC addresses, which me and IT, that's impossible to do. And they're able to do that with relatively ease. Um, but yeah, in our world, you know, we're thinking, you know, password this, password that. In their world, when I'm sending Nikki a password, it's going through the Wi-Fi, it's going to the ether, it's just zeros and dots in the air, and these spirits can pull this out because they can, you know, in my opinion, they can see it as it's happening. Therefore, 
it's easy for them to do. Nikki, about that full body apparition, I, I would think number one, it would have to be quite rare to capture something like that. But mm. can you can you tell us more about that? I mean, could you make anything further out? Uh, you know, maybe sex or body oh, features yeah. or anything. Oh, it's definitely a lady, and I believe that that would probably. And Keith, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you have seen this person before in your house. Am I? Is that right? Yeah, that's what we refer to. Uh, I refer to as the gray lady, which I had seen, I believe, three years before that photo was captured. It was summer 2012. But yeah, so when they caught that um, and brought it to my attention, I, I, I immediately recognized it because I had seen the gray lady at that point uh, at least three times, both upstairs and downstairs. And it's a it's a marvel piece to look at. Uh, that photo uh, on the wall of a female apparition because it, it's eerie, but at the same time, um, it's concrete evidence. It's good evidence. Mm -hmm. Nikki, did the apparition just like uh, vaporize, materialize away? I'll be honest. I'm going to give all credit to the Google Drive because when we were watching the video, we did not see this. And Google Drive, when you upload the files, because we were using various forms of drives to upload and to, to save information. In fact, I think I went through an entire laptop that like is all Keith's case. Um, but we had uploaded it to the drive. I had sent the link to someone and asked them to view one particular part of the video, which was not this part. Um, and they said, I, I see it. And I said, what are you talking about? You see it. Right. And they said, I see it. I see the I see the apparition. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, so then I went out and looked at the Google Drive as a whole. And then I clicked on the, and it, that's that was what it was. It made the still shot the apparition, which is by far amazing, because like I said, when I was watching it, I didn't catch it. So thank you, Google Drive. <laughs> that's fascinating. Keith, how many times did you have an encounter or capture the gray lady? Uh, that was the first snapshot. Um, what, what I don't, I guess, promote or broadcast, but it's on my YouTube channel is there is a live video of the gray lady, which I sort of like Nikki, I caught it by accident. I had left downstairs camera running 18, 16 hours nonstop. And 2012 or 2014, I was not a evidence reviewer. So I had this 18, 16 hours of video data just stored on the cloud. And one day my friend, co-worker, who was sort of interested in the paranormal, asked to see it. Um, he pings me two days later and shows me uh, the apparition manifesting, forming in the downstairs living room area. And, and once again, it's a female, um, guitar-shaped, two arms, a uh, definite head, a lower body just materializes in the living room. And that's on video. That's on my YouTube channel. Keith Linder is with us. Nikki Novell is with us. And when we come back, we're going to meet the uh, third member of the team who was involved in this remote monitoring of the demons in Seattle case. This haunted, haunted property up in Bothell, Washington, which is near the Seattle area that was featured a couple of times on Ghost Adventures, not in a good light. And we're here with investigators who can say for themselves that they know something's going on in this home that is not in just Keith's imagination, that he's not just making up. So we'll continue our program tonight remote. 
Poltergeist. I'm Jeremy Scott. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, we will be right back. Think you've heard it all? Just wait until Into the Pair of Normal continues. Attention homeowners, spending more time around your house means you're putting more stress on major appliances that keep your home running. Like many Americans, a major breakdown could be very costly during these uncertain times. AC unit goes, that's 4500 bucks. Water heater breaks, 1500 When you own a home, it's always something. If you have a home warranty, those repairs could cost you nothing. A home service club warranty pays for the repair or replacement of your home appliances and systems when they break down, even from normal wear and tear. For about a dollar a day, you can cover your home appliances and systems. It's not a question of if they'll break down, it's when. If you call now, you'll get your first month free and $75 off your first year. Make home appliance repairs one less thing to worry about. Call 800-249-8901 now for your free quote, free first month, and $75 off your first year. 800-249-8901 now. That's 800-249-8901. Again, 800-249-8901. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Parabnormal News, I'm Brad Bernards. NASA's chief says he wants to step up flight opportunities for astronauts, according to a report in Space.com. In a tweet Friday, June 19th, NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine said his space agency plans to drop a request for information to fly astronauts on commercial suborbital spacecraft. RFIs are competitive processes for NASA to make an informed choice between proposals from private companies based on qualifications it defines for participants. Bridenstine's announcement comes three weeks after NASA and SpaceX successfully flew astronauts into space. NASA astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley piloted SpaceX's commercial crew vehicle Crew Dragon as part of the Demo-2 flight to the International Space Station. As the largest scientific instrument on the planet enters its twilight years, CERN scientists have been facing the question of what next after the Large Hadron Collider. Following extensive debate, The Guardian reports that they appear to have landed on an answer. Go bigger or go home. The Future Circular Collider, FCC, will be the next instrument that we have to build if we want to continue to be in the path of discovery. There is a lot more to, to learn still, and we have to. If we stop exploring, then basically we stop evolving. Discovery is a huge puzzle. It's a big deal. But this is only the beginning of the story. We've scratched the surface, but we, we, we have clearly much more to, to discover. Some question whether the scientific promise of the gigantic machine justifies the anticipated 20 billion euro price tag for construction. Connect with the news at paraabnormalradio.com. I'm Brad Bernards, Paraabnormal News. In November 2015, we received a call from Keith Linder. 
his house was haunted. It transpired with the investigating one of the most controversial cases America had ever seen. Part of it is that nobody believed him when Ghost Adventures came, they just didn't believe him. previous team Ghost Adventures had been in and left with zero evidence and kind of pitting us in a wrong light. Uh, we were dragged through the mud, my girlfriend especially, as being hoaxers, pranksters, and, and attention seekers, uh, none of which are true. Have yeah. you ever been afraid? Yeah. Pushing the envelope and never looking back. <laughs> You're traveling into the paranormal. Here we have not only the homeowner, Keith Linder, but also investigator Nikki Novell. And her partner is Jenna Berman, uh, who have been investigating and observing this activity remotely from afar. Uh, A little bit about Jenna. She's always loved the paranormal, and pretty much from the time that she was a child, she also uh, grew up in a haunted house and has experienced paranormal activity at an incredibly young age, from hearing footsteps walking by invisible feet to knocks on walls and objects being moved. I mean, just creepy stuff that would freak any child out, let alone someone my age. (laughs) Uh, At the age of 16, she saw her first uh, full-body apparition. And knew then that she had a gift. It wasn't until though later in life when she met Nikki that she realized her gift was communicating with spirits. Uh, they've worked on the Demons in Seattle case together in 2015. And uh, for about eight months, we've learned that they were uh, remotely monitoring uh, this property. Welcome, Jenna, to the program. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. And this is actually the first time I've spoke publicly about this case. So um, I'm really happy to be able to do that and do it on your forum. Thank you so much for having me. Well, and I'm honored, and I wouldn't expect anything less with Keith Linder, uh, who's just a uh, a stand-up person, uh, not only to me, but also to the show. So uh, thank you, uh, Jenna, and thank you, Keith. Talk about how you actually heard about this case, because, you know, Nikki told us earlier, it's because of you that, you know, she got involved. So tell us the backstory, if you wouldn't mind. Well... Well, the backstory of it was, was um, like a lot of paranormal investigators, we watch Ghost Adventures. I watch it mainly for the locations. I've always watched it for the locations. And Zach, I will be the first one to say, Zach paved the way for us as investigators to get into a lot of these places. Now, people will say either it's a good guy, bad guy, indifferent. That it, Whether it is or it isn't, that doesn't matter. But the bottom line is, as investigators, we would not have the access to the locations that we have if Zach and Ghost Adventures didn't pave the way for us to get into some of these places. So I will give him that, and I will say that. So as an investigator, I was watching the show, and I'm watching it, and something just didn't seem right. I, like, um, it's very rare that Ghost Adventures ever comes up with an episode and before this one i don't remember an episode where they didn't get any evidence and they basically said that the place wasn't haunted like the, it just didn't seem right it didn't sit right with me so after the show was over i started researching uh nikki can attest to this that when it comes to finding stuff on the internet i can find it if it's out there i can find it and so i started googling his name and and washington and and, and like 
poltergeist in Seattle. And I came across Keith's uh, YouTube channel, and it was like a very small YouTube channel at the time. It, it didn't. It had a few pieces of evidence which they had shown on Ghost Adventures, and a, a few things that I hadn't seen. And it had contact info on there. And I'm like, you know what? I am contacting this man. I need to know more. So I sent him a message on YouTube, and I was like, you know, I watched your episode. And I said, something just doesn't sit right with me. Can, you know, would you mind talking to me about it? And we conversed back and forth via email about about it. And I said, you know what? I said, I want to bring in, uh, I would like to talk to someone uh, a little bit more senior than I was. Because at the time I was new to the field. But, uh, you know, Nikki was a friend of mine. And she was a, a what I call a senior investigator. And I always say she's like my paranormal mentor. Uh, as a female investigator. So I, I spoke to her about the case and she's like, well, let's get him on the phone and like talk to him together, which we did. Right, Keith? And um, we, but at the time, Keith would not discuss this at his house. He was, uh, when I, we, I first met Keith, Keith was very scared and I could see why, you know, he had been living in this hell for years and um, no one believed him. His reputation was, like, ruined after the show was over. People thought he was crazy. People thought he was lying. People thought he was faking. And, you know, he, but he was still living in the hell. Like, Ghost Adventures came in, spent five hours, and left. And he's still there living in his hell. And so Nikki and I were talking to him. And we did the normal, like, screening, when you, which you do when you're talking about residential cases. You know, we asked him, you know, have, did you guys ever go get evaluated? By like a, like a psychologist, like a doctor, like just to make sure that, you know, it it is something it's not like a psychological thing. It's actually like something that and that he said yes. And he said that they came back and they found nothing, you know, different or like out of the ordinary. And so he would only talk to us either from his car at his work, like in the parking lot from his work. He wouldn't even talk in the house because he felt as though the house um could retaliate and at the time like in our first in the infancy of the case like we wouldn't even the only way we could talk to keith was when he was not in the house and then we came up with a scenario where we were going to remotely monitor uh through because he had webcams at one point but he took them down because they kept getting ripped off the walls and he was scared to put them back up. And um, we convinced him to put them back up and let us monitor, you know, when he wasn't in the home. We wanted to see what it was like when no one was in the home. And, like, Keith had a normal everyday job where he'd go in the morning and, like, come home, like, you know, 6 o'clock, regular time, whatever. And we, you know, he's on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast, so... It worked out well for us that, you know, we had a considerable amount of time with no one in the home to actually sit and listen to the house, which is important, you know. Uh, and, it, you know, when you take the person out of the house, you want to see if it's if it's caused only when the person's in the house or it, does it happen when he's outside of the home. And so things were happening when Keith was not in the house. And we knew he was not in the house because we could look camera to camera to camera, living room, kitchen bedroom you know there was no hallway i mean there was no way he was in this house so that's how it all sort of began and i'm telling you some of the things that we experienced and 
you know, there is no doubt in my mind that house and to honestly to and I believe Keith is haunted. I don't I, I don't think it's just the house now. I think Keith is haunted, you know, and um, because it when he moved, stuff came with it, you know, uh, in his new place. So I don't know how someone can say that that didn't happen because if you move and you still have stuff happening, then, you know, I'm sorry. There's something going on there. <laughs> Keith, um, why would you not talk to Nikki and to Jenna at home? I know she spelled it out that you were worried about some sort of retaliation, but, you know, anything else to add to that? Uh, yeah, Jeremy, when uh, Nikki and Jen found me, um, they had found me about a, week, a few weeks after the episode originally aired, uh, which also means a few weeks after Tina had moved out. And I was really nervous. I'm in a, this huge house by myself. So the rules of occupancy has to change a little bit. Because one thing me and Tina always had while living in the house was each other's back. And you can always rely on your partner to you know, look over your shoulder, if you will. And if something, you know, went down, you know, two people are better than one in theory. So um, I thought that, well, now it's just me. Uh, the activity has died down significantly. But um, the things at night, and I, and I told Jen and Nikki, Sunday night's always the worst, were the knocking, the banging, the footsteps, the sheet tugging, where I talked about the heartbeats the poking and the prodding that never subsided. All that kept going. So um, I was very nervous talking uh, out loud over the phone in the house only because I'm at ground zero and um, I didn't want to be retaliated on after I hung up with these ladies or I did not want to give the spirits any sort of a head start, if you will, on whatever the ladies were planning uh, to do. Uh, but overall, I was, uh, and I put this in my first book, um, I think I slept downstairs on the couch for about two months or so before I finally kept, felt comfortable going back into my bedroom, being in this big house uh, by myself. So, um, yeah, they had many conversations with me um, in the parking lot at the uh, Fred Meyer across the street at work uh, on the way home. And I would always tell them, oh, I'm at home now. Okay. Uh, uh Got to cut it short because I, I did not want to carry the conversation into the house. Now, I, I later learned the spirits were with, were with me regardless. Like she said, I, I'm haunted now. So the spirits were there whether I'm in the house or not. They follow you. Um, but it was always an idea in my head as far as giving me some sort of peace of mind, if you will. So, Nikki, were there uh, shifts as uh, you and Jenna took uh, about this uh, task to uh, monitor the home from afar? Yeah, I'd say we kind of took shifts. I mean, it was a new it was new for us to be investigating this way. Um, I have to say Jenna is a real trooper because she investigated not only in the U.S., but also when she was out of the country. Um, I know that. We took turns and I mean, it was it was a lot. I know I didn't really sleep, I think, for almost eight months. If I did, it was like with one eye open. I slept with earbuds in, which I can't stand earbuds, but I found it was the only way to sleep without breaking headphones. Um, So seriously, like I even slept his case. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I was in Newfoundland, and um, I have a house in Newfoundland, and I was an hour and a half ahead of Eastern Standard Time, and I was, like, sleeping. I, I was sleeping with headphones on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was staying up, like, way ahead of, like, way longer than everybody else, like, because I was on a completely different time zone. But, I mean, at the time, we didn't know. Keith had, had mentioned, you know, every single person that had sort of been involved or been in his house had had some sort of retaliation from the house. Like he mentioned, he had a friend. Uh, Keith, is it okay to tell the story about your friend in Hawaii about the sure. pictures? Yeah. yeah so Keith had, Keith had a friend who was like in Hawaii, and um, I don't know. Were you talking to them on the phone? Or did they physically come to your house? Uh, both. Well, so after they had been to the house and 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 he had talked about what was going on or whatever, they went home and found all of their pictures turn upside down at their house like they started having stuff at their house happen and so i every time before i would log into the cameras i was like doing a blessing i was blessing myself i was blessing my house i because we didn't know if if this stuff could come through the electronics could it could it you know manifest where we were you know and nikki has a family i had a i had an older father i didn't want um something coming to my house you know Mm -hmm. and affecting my house um it was just a it was a really really unique case and and Mm -hmm. still to this day is because like i said it would affect people not even just just by talking about it sometimes people would have stuff happen you know and uh and it was like a retaliation almost like to isolate keith that you know because the, when they would have stuff happen, they no longer wanted to come to Keith's house. They no longer, you know, they did like it. It's sort of it, that's what things like this does. You know, it isolates you. It makes you depressed. And uh, I'm not going to the sense to say it's a demon, but I'm saying it. It, they, it was depressing and oppressing, and and you know, kind of making him feel isolated. And especially after Ghost Adventures, because mm-hmm. how, I mean, you go on a national TV show and they try and paint you out to be a liar, and then and then you're just left to, to deal with the spirits, and, and, and now no one believes you, and you know, it further isolates you as if the, what was going on in your house initially didn't enough already. You know, right. it, it's kind of sad when you're a residential person and you're having stuff go on in your house, and then you go on these shows seeking help, and then they paint you out to look like a crazy person. No one wants that. And Keith, you could probably attest to the fact that you felt isolated, and uh, you know you did like. And I'm sure a lot of your friends didn't want to come over due to the fact <laughs> of the things you had going on. Oh yeah, one of the things about malevolent activity that we felt, and I have friends. I've lost friends. I mean, you talk about the. The casualties of, a, of an experience like this, uh, the, my friend, the attorney you just mentioned, um, she broke that friendship off. She had activity in three homes, three wow. homes, wow. <laughs> and these homes are in different states. One's in Hawaii, and she didn't believe in the paranormal before. She <laughs> came to the home uh, one day prior to going to the airport to drop some paperwork off and sort of lollygagging, saying, come out, come out wherever you are, and mm-hmm. I'm begging her to stop. And that's all they need. And, and, and sure enough, um, mm-hmm. she has her own horrors to tell. 
Uh, other friends the same way after experiencing something remotely in their environment uh, or women I've dated uh, having something go on at their house. And you're right. Uh, Jen is right. You don't necessarily, you don't want this to follow you. You don't want this to wreck up shop in, in your home. And that's what happened to uh, several people that I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, whatever this is, um, it, it's, it, it retaliates, you know, and, and that's the one thing that, um, you know, that goes again, ghost adventures, they wouldn't know that because they didn't spend the time to figure that out. You know, you can't find that out in five hours. I'm sorry. You can, I, and we all know you go to a location sometimes, you spend the money to go there. Nikki can tell the story of Aliska Axe Murder House for herself, you know, and she's told it on several different shows. Um, you could go to a place that's that's even notoriously famous and not have something happen. I mean, I was to at the Monroe House the first time with Nikki, and it was off the chain. The second time we went, we didn't have any activity, and we were like, Pam and Eddie, did we break your house? Like, joking around, but, you know, that's the that's what happens sometimes. The ghosts aren't on a contract. No one's like, no one has a contract with a ghost. I'm sorry. You know, you can't get them to perform on cue. So, and if you could, that would be, you know, that would be amazing. But sometimes that's not the case. And in five hours, if they don't want to show themselves, they won't show themselves. But that right. doesn't mean that the place isn't haunted. It right. just means that it didn't show themselves to you, you know. And it's just unfortunate that Keith has been painted in this negative light now twice. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had, to my knowledge, he had turned down uh the aftershocks because he didn't want to go through this again and you know i don't blame him frankly (laughs) is that true that was true keith right you didn't want to do aftershocks after yeah ghost ventures reached out to mantina uh the week of the episode airing to do an aftershocks uh but that proverb is true fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and we we turned it down for that very reason of not wanting to be made looking like fools a uh, second time around. Um, it was interesting five years later or six years later that they, in doing this episode, um, didn't want to reach out or didn't want to inquire about the evidence that Nikki uh, had found. Uh, or I mean, Don't talk to me, talk to Nikki. Nikki lived in the house a week and a half. So talk to her. Talk to the team that monitored the house eight months and leave me out the equation. But they didn't want to do that. So, that, so that, that's interesting. Like I said, these people are in your field, not mine. They're your colleagues. And um, if the shoe were on the other foot and I was Ghost Adventures and Nikki or whoever came to the house, I would want to talk to them because this is my field. I'm interested in it. I want to learn. I want to learn from individuals. Let's compare notes. We always say every case is different, right? Well, therefore, if every case is different, then so maybe every methodology as far as investigating might be different. And you don't have to get hung up on five hours, but you might want to live in a house the next time you approach a house like this. Just an FYI to teams listening on this interview tonight is you might want to live at ground zero. You might want to monitor before going in because what Nikki and her team had that Ghost Adventures didn't is a familiarity of the environment. It was not make it up as we go once we got to Keith's house. They had monitored my house for eight months. So when Nikki will tell you, when she got to the house, she knew the house. She was very familiar with the house. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure the spirits were very familiar with Nikki. 
And I mean, yeah, she, we knew Nikki, right? We knew when the tr- the garbage truck was coming. I, I knew like, when the trash day was. I knew when they mowed the lawns in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I knew when the school bus let the kids off. I knew what time the kids got on the bus. It was yeah. like walking into your favorite television show, like the set of it. But you got to stay in it because like I knew where everything was. It was the weirdest thing, you know, and I kind of knew the sounds of the house before I even got to be in the house, which was awesome as an investigator to be familiar with the the house from afar and to know have those nuances already under my belt, you know, walking in the door. So it really helped with the investigation in person, I'd have to say. Both of you, Jenna and, and Nikki, was Keith there at times and then gone at times as you were monitoring the, the location? I imagine. I mean, oh, yeah. he didn't he move out for eight lot. months. No, no, he, no, he travels a lot for work. And then, like, you know, when he would when he would want privacy, he would let us know, mm-hmm. you know, and we wouldn't we wouldn't um, invade his privacy by any means, you know. So um, but largely the house was, you know empty without well we were there remotely if that counts i don't know but like keith worked and he works long hours you know so there were but we still continued to monitor when it was okay with keith when he was in the space as well yeah right yeah keith lived pretty much like that movie um what was the movie with jim truman show yeah the truman show he lived the truman show for a while everything he did was just completely monitored like we watched we watched him sleep we watched him eat we watched him in the kitchen making food we walked i mean i'm telling you the only place we didn't see keith was in his bathroom there was no cameras in the bathroom but i'm telling you as far as like as far as you know we watched this man sleep and when i'm saying like that's like the oddest thing ever to watch a person you've never met sleep but we would sit there and study the blankets because because here he is having claims that He's being poked and prodded in bed. He would text us. He's like, it's happening right now. So we tune into the bedroom, you know, and, and that's like, um, that was actually a good thing because it was as it was happening. We could yeah. like physically see what was going on. Well, then we also started monitoring as soon as he would go to bed. So we would actually be able to see, you know, the amount of time it took him to fall asleep. We were like the best Fitbit watch or whatever because you know like we watched him go to sleep you know and then we watched when he was had you know movements in his sleep when he would move like we literally the notes I have on you Keith if somebody else who wasn't involved in the paranormal like saw these notes they think that I was creepy stalking you because like I have so many notes that are just like not necessarily what you know normal people have sitting around their house yeah. Well, not only that, but so on top of monitoring Keith's house, Nikki and I are working together from, I'm in another country at, at one point, she's in the United States, and we're on Skype together. So we're on Skype telling, like, like monitoring, but also validating with each other. I'm like, uh, we'd say bang at the same time together, mm-hmm. we're like knock. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What did you hear? And then, I mean, we were able to we were like we were investigating in the same space but in two different spaces and i mean honestly this is probably one of the first and only times i've really done something like this and it was really at its infancy when we you know this remote sort of viewing thing but nikki really kind of paved the way for living with people in locations that other paranormal shows have then gone on to take on the concept and going in and live in the space yeah let me tell you 72 hours (laughs) please 
No, I'm telling you, this is this is her forte. This is something. This is her niche sort of thing, where she goes and helps people by living in the actual space. All right, we got to take a break. Jenna Berman and uh, Nikki Novell and Keith Winder from the Washington State Poltergeist House, the Demons in Seattle case. They have all seen this activity in person and from afar. Remote Poltergeist. Our program tonight continues right after this. I'm Jeremy Scott. If you're listening on the Pair of Normal Radio app from TalkStream Live, thank you for putting us on the list of most popular shows. Download the app at TalkStreamLive.com and listen to Into the Pair of Normal 24-7. What's the best way to keep up with the latest paranormal news? Telepath is a digital newsletter published every Tuesday with all the latest updates and columns from the biggest thought leaders in the paranormal community straight to your inbox. Stay informed on your favorite talk shows and podcasts. Be part of the Telepath community. Submit your story or any paranormal pics you've captured. You never know, they may be featured in an upcoming post. You can sign up free right now by visiting paranormalradio.com and clicking the Telepath banner. Hey, is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash paranormal. Enjoy thousands of titles on iOS, Android, Sonos, Kindle, and Alexa-enabled devices. Get a free audiobook today and a free 30-day trial membership to Audible when you go to audibletrial.com slash paranormal. Get yourself a free audiobook and help into the paranormal. audibletrial.com slash paranormal. think anybody would argue that what we're dealing with here seems to be poltergeist or poltergeist-esque and it was certainly witnessed in person but also remotely by the homeowner keith Linder and by investigators nikki novell and jenna berman and they're all here tonight remote as in experienced within the home by people in other locations by all three, in fact, and remote, 
as in following someone from the home to remote locations. And we've heard several reports of that. Keith, what was it like having these two ladies monitoring you, knowing that they were looking at you at all times, except when you asked that they not? Um, it took a while to get getting used to, but um, I was of the belief that if you want an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. So they were sincere in their approach to me of what they wanted to do. Uh, they had an ironed out game plan. We went over it. We talked about it. And we put it into action. Um, I set up the cameras in every room, uh, particularly the hallway, the office, kitchen, and living room. Uh, I think it took a while before they uh, monitored my bedroom that came later. Um, But, yeah, it it was interesting. And like Jen was saying, um, you know, I, doing a normal 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, uh, very routine leave the same time every morning, come back generally the same time. I'm just sort of watching TV, surfing the Internet, and they got cameras on. Um, So the benefit of that was, and I I told them before they started, is out of the blue, you hear a loud bang. You know, I I could be having cereal, and out of the blue, a loud bang. Well, if they're not monitoring me, then I call them or text them, hey, loud bang, nobody gets that. If they're monitoring me and they got cameras on and earplugs on, they can hear that and they can hear the general room that it sounds like it originated from while they're watching me. You know, they see me having cereal, therefore I'm nowhere near causing the bang. I'm on the first floor. The bang came from the second floor. And so that's that's validity right there. And then you got a camera trained on me. You got camera trained on the hallway, the bedroom, and you have me originally stating these bangs happen at will. You can't predict when they're going to happen. Same thing with the footsteps. I would be out the house and I would be at work. And I always kept my Skype because I'm on their chat, too. It's a group chat, but I'm working, but I keep it minimized. And I can always tell that there was activity at the house because there'd be mass chat or mass communication between the ladies and the teams that we're working with. And it was pretty much, did you hear that? Did you see that? Did you hear that? We need eyes on, eyes on. Did anybody, is anybody in, in room B or room C or whatever? And you would see all that back and forth. And then I would see my toolbar light up and then I would look and chime in. And, and sure enough, you know, they're hearing kids' voices, women screaming, uh, pitter-patter footsteps. Uh, one time I think I was driving on the way home and they were monitoring and they were hearing pitter-patter footsteps up until the time I might have touched the doorknob. Uh, so all these things uh, are the benefits of them uh, watching me pretty much 24 or 25 by 7. You had nothing to lose but everything to gain from this experience because if you were faking it, you would have been caught on the spot because they were monitoring you at all times. And if you were not faking it and this was real, then it would manifest itself because it would all be there and it would be happening, you know, on the spot. Yeah, Jimmy, you bring up a a real uh, important point. And and I want to be an advocate for the home um, experiencer because I know these ladies are the advocates for the paranormal research because that's what they do. But as a home experiencer like myself who lived in a house like this, um, you know, no person who's going to fake something is going to go through this entire rigor mortis of Setting up equipment. I mean, you got to go buy that stuff. Every equipment that I bought, I probably bought for the 10th 
time because the spirit took the other ones or it broke them or it took your sound card or your SD card. And they came and found me like Ghost Adventures came and found me. Uh, you know, I didn't find these ladies. I didn't find Ghost Adventures. They found me and we had to talk it through. It wasn't an automatic. Yes. And then I set up the cameras. <laughs> I'm letting them into my world. Um, so, yeah, it, it was one of those instances of, you know, nobody that I know of is going to, if they're faking, um, go to this many steps to really hang themselves, really. I mean, they're really going to just really do themselves in because you're inviting people in, you give them access, and you're letting them watch you. Uh, Ghost Adventures had five hours, and they could have done anything they want with it. They could have had the else five hours for them to do anything they want in that house. And therefore, if you travel that far, why not take samples of the wall writings with you to have it analyzed and prove me, you know, using spray paint or whatever. But um, yeah, so from a, from a house occupant's point of view, um, I think I demonstrated very multiple times by my sincerity and by my openness that I'm not faking any of this. I, I, I want teams to come in, do your job, do what your, you know, your calling is and help substantiate our claims and advance your field. This is your field to advance. Vance, the paranormal based on the evidence you found in Keith and Tina's house, and then help us, you know, remove the spirits. And if you can't, fine, but at least get your evidence and then we'll work to remove the spirits together. You have to have a certain level of trust with someone too to let them watch you for, for I mean the amount of time. I mean we we're we're like a family now. I mean after watching Keith mm-hmm. for like eight months, like this is this is someone I'll be tied to for the rest of my life. It's I mean I know this man in and out, and I you know it's crazy because you know we were strangers and and I know things about him little nuances that that the average person unless you know someone mm-hmm. wouldn't know and it's just from monitoring this man for 8 months and he I, I mean there's no possible way he has to be the biggest magician on the face of the planet mm-hmm. to be able to pull off a stunt and fake all of what we heard and saw there is no absolute possible way i'm sorry you'd have to be You'd have to really, really put work into it. And there's no way that he could have done it. There's not that many hours in the day. No. There's not that many hours in the day. (laughs) No. And I mean, Nikki will attest, we heard dragging of furniture when he wasn't Mm -hmm. in the house. We heard heard the sound of someone running up and down, um, like, hardwood floors. But Keith's place was carpeted. How can he he make that happen? Mm -hmm. You know? We heard screams of women, um, uh, like like blood-curdling screams. Mm-hmm. And he heard it himself, too, because he was monitoring at the same time. And I'll, I'll never forget it, because I was in Canada. Keith was in Washington. Nikki was in Baltimore. And we were all listening, and he, we're all like, do you hear that? And it was a woman, and she was just screaming as if she was being murdered. Yep. It was... It was horrifying, actually. <laughs> Keith, walk us through uh, the day you made the decision to get cameras to document what was happening in the home. When, we, when, when me and Tina were in the home, my IT background and my conversations with uh, my brother, because um, the phenomena was happening, it was happening in real time. 
And in the back of my mind, I remember I told Tina the day I went out and bought cameras off Craigslist. I said, you know, the stuff we're seeing, you know, I see in sci-fi movies. This is like watching a Stephen Hawking documentary. And I'm seeing stuff float, levitate, go through solid objects. And it, it, it was just instinctive for me to think I need to try to the best of my ability to capture this because I think it's important to somebody. I think there's some house or organization out there that might want to know about this stuff. I don't know what to do with it, but I'll do my part. I'll set up equipment. And I went out and bought, you know, the motion detector and the, the backup and all that, the Wi-Fi and everything. And, and what I was not aware of and sort of naive about is, oh, they're going to react negatively. The spirits are. They're going to ratchet up the activity because they would take cameras, move them around. I would go buy more, you know, and paranormal teams that I was emailing throughout the country were telling me, well, it's always off camera. You're always talking about stuff flying. You sent us the video, but it's off camera. And, I, and, my, and my, my retort to them was, it's not from a lack of trying. You don't understand. When stuff flies off my bookshelf and you tell me to put a camera trained on the bookshelf, I do that. But the spirits are not going to throw something off the bookshelf anymore. They're going to throw something off that's behind the camera. So now you hear the, the ruckus noise behind the camera. But you, well, you can't predict that. I can't predict what the spirits are going to throw next. So I'm buying more cameras. I got cameras watching cameras, cameras watching cameras, watching cameras. And it's getting frustrated because I send people video like, ah, still off camera. Ah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's faking it, dude. He's faking it. But I did not know I was digging a hole that I could not get out of because that made the activity worse and worse and worse because I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I'm cursing at the cameras. So you're right. When Nick and Jen approached me, I had pretty much put my cameras in the attic or, you know, mm -hmm. in the closet. And I was literally about this close to selling them. I had had it with cameras. But they asked me, well, we we, we, we got to do the camera thing again, Keith. We, we, we know. I'm like, no, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand, man. Y'all <laughs> no, don't understand. It's 3,000 miles away. These things, oh, my God. But they said, well, you know, you know, we're here. We're going to house monitor. We're going to rehabilitate this case. Whatever evidence we find, we'll share with you. We'll share with the paranormal committee. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, because at that time, the epitaph was demons in Seattle, no evidence. And, you know, a life, a life was lost. Rhonda, the previous tenant, her life was lost as a result of living in the house. My relationship with Tina ended in that house. And I just felt I owed those people and myself more than just to have an episode titled Demons in Seattle, no evidence, spray paint. So I said, okay, let's do... We're going to do this. We're going to do this together. All right. For, to the end. And we're like, yeah, to the end. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, eight months yeah. to the end. But that was only phase one. Remember, Nikki, we said phase one yeah. is remote yeah. monitoring. Phase yeah. two is boots on the ground. That's right. Now, I'm going to chime in here real quick, because if these people who were questioning you were actual paranormal investigators and not armchair investigators, OK, <laughs> they would know that when you are out and you are investigating and you <laughs> shut your cameras off, what happens? Yeah, All yeah. hell breaks loose. OK, yeah. more often than not, some of the most amazing things that happen <laughs> don't happen on camera. 
Exactly. No, that clearly, that's just absolutely ridiculous for them to, to even come at you with that kind of statement. Of course, that's what we all want. We all want to capture it, and we want you to capture it. But in reality, it it's like clockwork, okay? I don't care who you are. To be able to capture some of the most phenomenal you know, activity is literally like winning the lottery it's like finding the four-leaf clover in a, in a million miles of clover fields okay it doesn't happen like that most often than not it doesn't happen when you're running something right and and take it back to ghost adventures for a second a lot of times even on ghost adventures they'll cut back and say off camera well right. well the camera we didn't get running. it we right. didn't get it, but this is what happened, and it's what's called a personal experience. And not, Nikki and I live stream together a lot, and we can say that as soon as we shut our live stream cameras off, sometimes that's there when it goes. Pop, pop, pop. Yep. And I've, I've investigated with Dave Stinks, and the same thing. We we're investigating a tavern here locally, and as soon as we shut off our live stream camera, that's when like the REM pod's going off. That's when I'll start like some like I see a shadow. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is what happens. It, like sometimes they just don't want it documented for whatever reason. They don't want to be seen, and it's only they want only the other person. Again, it's a form of isolation. It's making it so it's not believable. You know what I mean? It's it, it's a personal experience, but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just didn't happen on camera. Let's remind people of what you said earlier, which is that the webcams were actually ripped off the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Multiple times. And not only ripped off the walls, but even when they stayed on the walls, we'd be viewing the bedroom and all of a sudden it's viewing the wall. Because they could yeah. somehow manipulate an IP camera and turn it towards mm-hmm. the wall. And Keith yep. would say, did you guys move the cameras? And we're like, no, Keith, we don't even know how to do that. We're just watching the cameras. You manipulate. He would manipulate the cameras back for us if it went towards the wall. But like sometimes we'd be looking at the bed and it would go down at the floor. Or it would go when it yep. was action because we would get a motion. Keith had us on the emails when the camera would detect a motion. We would look. And see what it was. So when we went back to look in the room, the camera is now facing not the area of where it was pointed at, but like a wall or the floor. Or it wouldn't even be in that room like Keith had talked about before. It would change the bedroom. And we still do this to this day. don't know how this happened. It would change what would be the bedroom camera to say the kitchen camera. And when you log into the kitchen, it would be the hallway. And it was super frustrating. And we used to get angry and annoyed with it. But it was something paranormal that was happening. Keith wasn't manipulating this. This was, this was an actual thing that was being done by what whatever was there. Mm-hmm. Nikki, what was the first thing that you saw happen remotely that would go into the category of paranormal? Oh gosh, oh gosh. I you know what I've I've witnessed so much. Jenna, do you remember what the first thing was? Because well, I we, don't remember. Well, save my well, life. We, <laughs> well, we had set up like the chime experiment too. Like uh, back in the whole infancy stage, Keith had no paranormal equipment, so we made him go to the store. We're like, Keith, you need to get a ball. You need to get some toys. You need to. Get, and he must have looked like a crazy person like, going through like getting like teddy bears and balls and like. I mean, he's a single man. Yeah. And um, we had him set up this thing in the hallway with, like, a, a wind chime where yeah, there was no right. window. Yeah, and, and, like, we watched this thing move, mm-hmm. you know. 
and um, it was it, there was no way that there was wind. Like there was no he put it in an area where uh, there would be no draft. Let's say, and yeah. that thing would sit quiet forever. And we figured with the chime, if it moved, chimes make noise, so we'd know. You know, even if we were looking at a different camera, we could hear the the chimes and go, right. "Oh, something's happening with the chime." But you had to think collectively out of the box uh, because, you know, you have this homeowner who isn't a paranormal investigator, but what modern equipment and paranormal investigators do this all the time. They, they think out of the box. We use things that aren't necessarily paranormal equipment, make it paranormal equipment. And, you know, you don't want the, the homeowner to, to go into more debt because, like, if you knew the amount of money that Keith has has spent on. Oh, gosh, yeah. On, on, on stuff that's been broken over the over the years, you know, like um, by whatever is haunting him, you, it's a lot of money. Keith has invested, and, and again, why would he do that if he was faking it? Why would he continue to invest his own money in yeah. something that's fake? That, to me, is ludicrous in itself. Um, Keith, do you want to elaborate on, how, like, just get, like a ballpark figure, do you think, on how much money you've spent on stuff <laughs> over the years that's been broken? Uh-huh. Equipment alone, I would say about seven thousand. Uh, damage to the home, fourteen thousand. Just the renovations to the home, um, and I'm talking about the home itself. I'm not talking about items that me and Tina lost or got stolen or got damaged or thrown by the poltergeist. Outside of the cameras, we had other. I mean, yeah. computer equipment, two monitors. Your LED office caught on fire. There's office yeah. caught on fire, desks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking a lot of damage. And once again, listeners, um, nobody faking is going to set fire to a home, let alone a home they're renting. I mean, right. yeah. I was yeah. to my landlord. I called the fire department. Me, nobody, not my neighbor, not somebody walking their dog and saying smoke billowing out my office window, which it was. I did. I called the fire department. And they arrived, and they're just as dumbfounded as to why a poster would catch fire as I would. But nobody, even the fire department, who are in a better position than Ghost Adventures to suspect hoaxing or arson or fakery, never suspected that because they're professional firefighters, and they know that the poster did not have a meaning. They they know I didn't set fire to the poster because there was no evidence to say that. Um so it was interesting for that, but yeah, uh, money money wise, yeah, you're talking about sizable uh, money being spent on equipment, fixing things, repairing things, uh, things that I can't put a price tag on that were just heirlooms handed down from family to family over time, that are destroyed or disappeared. Um, they're still gone. There's still items that I would love to get back to this day uh, that my grandmother or mom gave me. And you can't put a price tag on that, and they're gone. You know, they're, yeah. they're gone. And as a further addendum, Nikki was a firefighter before, and she would know if anyone was taking a fire. Because yeah. I'm sorry, that her husband's a firefighter. She's a firefighter. I mean, she's a firefighter. So she knows how fires are started. She knows what co- I mean, she knows, you know, arson. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was in the office. She saw the wall. She saw the yeah. the, the, the scorched desk and all that because all that stuff was still there when she got there. So, um, yeah, I forgot about the aspect of you being a former firefighter. So, yeah. once again, um, I'm inviting these people and their backgrounds into my home. 
I travel on business, like they were saying. So the house is really theirs. They could all they, they, the ladies loved it when I was gone for a week because when I travel, I'm gone for a week. So I will leave Sunday, come back Friday. That means the house is all theirs. And they heard strange noises. Keith Linder is with us. He's the homeowner. And joining us are the investigators, Nikki Novell and Jenna Berman. And I'm Jeremy Scott. Our program tonight, Remote Poltergeist. We'll wrap it up right after the news with Brad Bernards. If you're listening on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live, thank you for putting us on the list of most popular shows. Download the app at TalkStreamLive.com and listen to Into the Paranormal 24-7. Attention homeowners, spending more time around your house means you're putting more stress on major appliances that keep your home running. Like many Americans, a major breakdown could be very costly during these uncertain times. AC unit goes, that's 4500 bucks. Water heater breaks, 1500 When you own a home, it's always something. If you have a home warranty, those repairs could cost you nothing. A home service club warranty pays for the repair or replacement of your home appliances and systems when they break down, even from normal wear and tear. For about a dollar a day, you can cover your home appliances and systems. It's not a question of if they'll break down, it's when. If you call now, you'll get your first month free and $75 off your first year. Make home appliance repairs one less thing to worry about. Call 800-249-8901 now for your free quote, free first month, and $75 off your first year. 800-249-8901 now. That's 800-249-8901. Again, 800-249-8901. Attention authors. Stop sending ebook readers away empty-handed. With the Jump Card ID, sell your books directly without the need for an online retailer. The Jump Card Instant Download, exclusively from Jumpmaster Press, could be your ticket to more sales, more readers, and international distribution. Find out more about the Jump Card ID today at www.jumpmasterpress.com. Pair Abnormal News, I'm Brad Bernards. On July 14, 2015, a small, shimmering spacecraft was the first to explore Pluto and probe at the icy objects of the Kuiper Belt, according to reporting at Inverse.com. Data from that rare encounter during NASA's New Horizons mission may have just rewritten the origin story of the most popular dwarf planet, Astronomers have long believed that Pluto started off as an icy cold rock in the Kuiper Belt and hit a subsurface ocean when it first formed. Researchers believe the planet formed rapidly, helping to develop the planet's ocean. Now Pluto's ocean is contained by a thick ice shell and maintained by radioactive decay at the planet's core. Today, Pluto is a freezing cold world with a surface temperature of about 45 Kelvin or minus 380 degrees Fahrenheit. Archaeologists have discovered the markings of a prehistoric structure, an ancient monument positioned just 1.9 miles northeast of Stonehenge, according to a study published Sunday in the journal Internet Archaeology, according to UPI. These are 20 meter diameter, at least 5 meter deep, sometimes even deeper, we think, uh, shafts or pits that have been dug into the chalk and are oriented in a kind of an arc both to the south and the north of Durrington Walls. The orientation of them, the spacing of them, 
would suggest that they have some organized sort of ritualistic reason for being there. Dr. Richard Bates, Senior Lecturer in Earth Sciences at the University of St. Andrews Center for Archaeology, Technology, and Cultural Heritage. That's courtesy of Reuters. Connect with the news at paraabnormalradio.com. I'm Brad Bernards, Paraabnormal News. Disappearing crosses, shaking chandeliers. They sound like scenes from a Halloween horror movie. Halloween horror movie. But a Baltimore man says these are happening in his home. Cameras are facing up. And the Bible has been incinerated. Most of all my cabinet doors are open. Script wires going off by themselves in the hallway. Scissors are in the wall. There are candles missing. One candle just got thrown. Stop at this house. It's probably going to always go home. Watch your step. Hide under your blankets. Whatever you do, prepare yourself for what's coming through your speakers. Into the pair of normal. I believe it's safe to call what we're describing, what Keith experienced, what the other investigators saw firsthand as poltergeist activity. Objects being picked up and moved, being thrown, things being set on fire. Uh, I mean, really, really just absolutely extreme, extreme events. Keith Linder, the homeowner, investigators Nikki Novell and Jenna Berman are here tonight. Keith, how often were you getting emails uh, when these cameras were picking up something that there was something going on? Oh, the, I was getting, um, I mean, almost a hundred or plus emails. The cameras send email when motion or um Sound is detected, um, and then it emails you right away. It sends five snapshots, if you will. And um, the ladies had their own inbox flooded with emails. I had mine. And so if I'm in a meeting at work and all of a sudden my inbox is blowing up from the house and I see the Skype chatter blowing up, I know something's going down. But even before the ladies got involved, I, I sort of had that same config for myself, and, and, and if you know, um, sometimes I had to leave work because I would open up an email and see my home upside down. I mean, you see furniture and cabinet doors open and glass broken and all that, and you're at home. Yeah, you, you, you leave home, you leave work right away and you dart home. And the weird thing about it, just to, to make it the point home about the fascinating thing about poltergeist is sometimes you get home and your house is crystal clean. It's like false alarm. Sorry, gotcha. You know, and you never know what you expect to when you walk until you walk through the door. You never know what they have waiting for you because the cameras only show you so much. They're only going to show it in front of you. And sometimes Nikki and Jenna, they will tell you the cameras will go total black. Oh, cameras mm-hmm. offline. Uh oh. Okay, and you try to reboot it, reconfigure it. They can't log in. 
they're getting an invalid password. Uh, the emails coming in or saying sound or motion detected. And um, yeah, it, it was just all the above the chime experiment. Um, everything we've talked about tonight, Jeremy, are on my YouTube channel and Nikki's. Um, so listeners can go thumb through that and see, hear the screams. Uh, the chime experiment is on my YouTube channel. Uh, the footsteps. Nikki, you remember that instance when I was laying in bed one night and the loud bang? It was like oh, 3 yeah. or 4 a.m. Uh, in the morning. And oh, it was yeah. boom. It was like a boom, boom. Yeah. And, I, and you never get used to it, but I was so <laughs> glad because I was I woke up. I'm kind of bewildered. You watch me, Jim. You see me kind of mm-hmm. bewildered waking up to the noise and I'm reaching for my cell phone and you see the little phone light come on shining in my face and I'm 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 texting Nikki and like tell me y'all heard that. Tell me you're online right mm-hmm. now. You know? And mm-hmm. sure enough, three thousand miles away, she's like, Yeah, we got it, Keith. We got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. It came right above your head. We heard it. No so. matter what time of day we were there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing. When it's kind of funny because when the cameras finally turned off and we went into well, actually when Nikki was there, I was still remote monitoring because I was getting the perspective. I, I was still able to tell her, you know, if something I was hearing something or seeing something yeah. that she wasn't experiencing. But um you know, when the cameras finally were shut off, there was kind of like a, a weird downtime where you 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 kind of miss it. Like even to this day, like I still there's still a part of me that wants to know what's going on in that house, and I think there's yeah. a part of me that always will. You know, um, and I've just because- about got my pigment back in my skin since I didn't see the light of day for over eight months. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I said. It's like, uh, Keith, and Keith mentioned, you know, the notifications. The notifications in my Google email sometimes was, like, constant. It was a constant stream of notifications, Yeah, you know, letting us know that something was going on. And um, it was just crazy. I had to get a whole separate email box just because it was for Keith's notifications. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah, oh, we wow. put up a couple of uh, Google Drives and Dropbox accounts because data kept coming in and we just like exceeded the limit capacity mm-hmm. of free storage. Uh, but Jeremy, one of the rarest things of Portuguese phenomena or often reported, I should say, is the phenomenon known as furniture dragging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that can tell you what that sounds like because they, you know, they've heard it. Um, these ladies heard it in my house. We had that on video. We had that yeah. on audio on my YouTube channel because, like I said, when 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 you're live filming, uh, it's stored it up to the Google Drive to the Dropbox, and I had heard it before. Me and Tina, meaning because we used to house monitor uh, from work, and I would have Tina dial in when I was getting something. But when these ladies heard it, and you, it's 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 weird. It's it's, it's the loud sound of furniture being dragged, like a Chester drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, like the shell, the little whatever the, the the things you hold on to pull the drawer open, a little right, metal the little doohingy. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it goes back and forth, and you hear that constantly, and you know it's real, Jeremy, because the motion and the sound, the sound more than the motion detector is going off. So there's noise in the home, but nobody's home, mm-hmm. but it's cutting the air. The air has been cut. Mm-hmm. Therefore, sound is being generated. It's reaching the microphone of this sound-detected camera. The camera's doing what it's supposed to do. It's mm-hmm. picking up abnormal, unusual noise, and it's sending it to you via email. 
and, and these ladies are logged in real time so they can hear with their naked ears and then um, record it. They're recording mm-hmm. in addition to what the cameras are recording. And it was furniture being dragged constantly. That happened a lot. Yeah, the, the furniture dragging was perplexing. And the, also the noise of running on hardwood when there was no hardwood in the house. Yeah. That was another noise that we would constantly hear. And it was like, where is this uh, Where is this hardwood noise coming from? Because it was like the sound of someone running up steps that were made of wood. And, and Keith's steps were all carpeted. You could see that in his videos. You can see his hallway is carpeted. You can see his steps are carpeted. I mean, I, I don't understand where that noise was coming from unless it was a residual noise from a previous time when there was no carpeting in there. I don't know. But I just know that I heard someone running on wooden steps constantly. And and the furniture dragging, and there was no furniture to be dragged <laughs> or dragged. Exactly. Well, that's a very interesting thing in of itself. The residual sounds. Have either of you ran into that uh, in other cases, Nikki, Jenna? Yes. 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 A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of times when traumatic events happen in a paranormal location, it sort of becomes imprinted like a stain on the location and nikki can attest to that um and so it becomes what they call residual residual uh, a residual haunting which is uh, think of it in terms of something like a record player just playing the same thing over and over every day it's groundhog day every day at a certain time you hear this and it's sort of like um it's a it's a sort of imprinted sort of stain on the environment mm-hmm. and that's what uh, i think makes keith's case so interesting is that it's not just one thing. It's a multi-layered, think of it like an onion. It's, it's yeah. multi-layers. It's not just like it's this and, or it's that. It, there's many, many layers to Keith's haunting. His personal haunting, the haunting of the house, the fact that where the house was, where it was located. There's an Indian Native American uh, burial ground aspect to it. You know, like the, it's on Native American. We've looked up, you know, the history of the land and stuff. I, it has ties to Native American culture. So, like, and we all know with Native American culture, things can definitely be a totally different type of haunting. So, I mean, there's all different types of things that is a catalyst to, to this, you know, that I think that caused this. But it's not just one thing. And you can't just nail it. It's not black or white. There's many different layers and levels to it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what's, uh, that's what I think that no one seems to get is that, it's a poltergeist because I, I it's it's more than that it's more than that there's residual there's there's intelligence there's poltergeist stuff there's a ports he had a ports he didn't even touch the fact that he would have objects appear in his home like toy cars and things that never even were in his home to begin with mm-hmm. like he would have objects appear there that were not his and then he would have objects of his disappear and then reappear again later like months down the road, weeks down the road, days. So, I mean, there's a whole different layer of that even. Right. It's it's fascinating. You could write 20 books on this case. Well, Keith, well, Keith you're, you're getting ready for book number three, and it seems from what I've seen, you're really getting down into the science because, you know, people have said, well, you know, this really does seem, seem quite extreme, yet you look at many other poltergeist cases and and they're extreme as well and so there's some science that that is thrown into this whole equation 
Uh, yeah, Jerry, what I've learned through my research for book three, and book three is not going to be nonfiction. Uh, I've told that story. Um, book three is going to deal with the science. Uh, science, believe it or not, and by science I mean physics, quantum mechanics, um, explains a lot of the phenomena, not in the sense of it's going to mean science caused it. It's going to mean that the poltergeist or the spirit or the entity or whatever is causing this seem to have a fundamental advantage or have tapped in to these uh, phenomena by laws of physics and um, are experts at it. I mean, they demonstrated quite well. Objects, the aerodynamics of the objects that fly through the air, the spontaneous fire that combusts, um, teleportation, objects moving from one room to the other, objects appearing in the house that are foreign to the house, that don't belong to me nor Tina. Um, we know this is matter, therefore it came from somewhere. Did it come from another person's house? Did it come from the house before this one? We know there was a cabin where this house was built, the only cabin in that neighborhood back in the mid-1900s. So um, this book is going to be very detailed, oriented. It's going to be very illustrative versus me talking or, or writing. So um, I'm, I'm having to dot my I's and cross my T's with everything because I know it's going to be very scrutinized from the scientific community as to what it is I'm saying or getting to. But I do believe poltergeist phenomena as well as all paranormal phenomena needs to marry or be parried or tethered to science more because there's things that we're seeing that suggest that there are hidden dimensions all around us. And I think these spirits are, um, you know, living and dwelling and able to do what it is they do from these hidden dimensions, which in theory is not far away from us. This is not some pie in the sky. These dimensions are less than one millimeter away from us. All right, Jenna and, and and Nikki, what are your thoughts on that? Kind of the bigger picture of the whole situation here. I I as long as I've known Keith, I just know that he's a very very detailed man, and I think that what people don't recognize is that when we first met him, he had spreadsheets like Excel spreadsheets documenting every single instance that happened to him prior to us even meeting him. So like he handed us over his master spreadsheet, which was the most detailed spreadsheet I've ever seen, and Nikki probably too. Yeah. Um, of any residential case that I've ever heard of, and and it's not that people that have residential things going on don't doc don't document, but he's a, he, the type of job that he did at the time uh, required him to be that way, and and as a result of that, he was that way with his case. So like, if if he heard something, if something he experienced something, he could go and actually look at his spreadsheet and see if there was a pattern, and so could we, which was really helpful to us. And, um, yeah, I've never found a case so well documented, even by investigators. Like Keith is an amazing documentarian, and coming from a medical research background, my hats off to him because he really—I mean, just really—it was beautifully laid out. And I know that anything that you know Keith puts out is going to be the same way, you know. And I. I can't wait to see the new book, Keith. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be good. Both of you, what do you think of, of this case and how it really stacks up against some of the other most, uh, you know, famous paranormal or poltergeist cases that uh, we've come to know? I think that it's right up there. I mean, I, I won't compare it to The Conjuring House, but um, I, I mean, I will and I won't because it's two. Di- it was totally different things. But you know, I think at the same time, Keith 
Keith is still haunted. Uh, I don't know if Andrea is still suffering the same kind of things, but I mean, like to this day, when Keith, uh, when Keith travels, you know, he'll have stuff happen. He'll have stuff happen. Uh, he's had stuff happen in his new place. I mean, it's followed him, you know, and I don't know with her if it's still followed her or not, but I mean, that's one of the more well-known cases of, of stuff like that happening. Uh, Nikki, what do you think? I think that, you know, it's really hard to compare cases, you know, that's kind of like picking a favorite child or things of that Mm -hmm. sort. You know, you really can't compare um, when it comes to point for point. I think each of them have their own, um, you know, credibility, their own um, unique factors. I think that Mm -hmm. they together um, create a much larger picture. But Mm -hmm. as for if I were to give a general comparison based off of the types of activity, he's like like Jenna said, he's right up there with the rest. Um, You know, it's there's so many more things to this case that Mm -hmm. I don't even think we've ever expressed. There's just so Mm -hmm. much, um, you know, it's an amazing case. Yeah, it's one of a kind, too, in a lot of ways. I mean, in the sense that uh, I don't know that how many cases have really had someone monitor them remotely like this um, for eight months and, and, and be willing to be in like a Truman show environment. There's very few people that want to live their life on camera unless you're on a reality show. And Keith essentially was his own reality show for about eight months and uh, you know, and living, breathing and like Nikki's favorite saying, you know, paranormal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and honestly, like, it's the truth. It's that, you know, um, when you're living it and we're watching it in real time, it's a whole different perspective. But, you know, it's not like you, you put up a camera and then you review the evidence. We're seeing it as it's happening. We're experiencing as it's happening. And Keith let us right. into his home to do that. And, and for all those naysayers out there, until you live in a house that has this type of activity or paranormal activity, until you actually get out and investigate this type of activity yourself in the field, not just using um, videos as a as a you know like your basis. Okay, once you get out there or you live in this scenario, then let's see what you have to say because I guarantee you, you're not going to sit there and call people out and say things that you know you can't back up because you do not know until you live in a case like Keith did or you investigate a case like we did for Keith exactly what's going on and we still don't really know what's going on but to see how it affected his life and to be able to witness the things that we witnessed you have no right to you know sit there and say somebody's one way or another it's just it it bothers me sorry Oh, no, that very, yeah. and thank you for saying that, but uh, you bring up a good point because both of you lived in childhood homes. You, Jenna and, and, mm-hmm. and Nicole, uh, had paranormal activity, and that had to drive both of you yeah. to kind of get involved in this case, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, for sure. I think, I, I think you know, when you've experienced it, I think a lot of paranormal investigators at our core, uh, if you ask us, if you sit us down, they'll say that that's what really was the reason they got into the paranormal is because they experienced it. And, you know, most of the major shows, you know, the backstory of the person is that they had a horrible haunting. You know, uh, I'll use even the Foreman brothers, uh, you know, Living Dead Paranormal, who I enjoy watching myself as an investigator. Uh, they talk about their childhood haunting. And there's a lot of people in the paranormal field that that's the reason why they got into the paranormal. It's because they experienced it. And now they want to help people as a result of it. And that was that's 
also another reason, you know, people are going to say, well, why did you wait now to publicly, publicly come out and speak on this? But here's the thing, like for me, I never was about being on TV. I didn't want to be a part of um, the kind of stuff that goes on in the paranormal community, the, the you know, slamming other people's evidence. I didn't want to be a part of all that. I want to help people and I want to talk to ghosts. That's it. And, and that was my sole intention when I contacted Keith. And it's my intention to this day. I, I'm not seeking fame out of this. I'm not seeking to go on television. I'm not seeking to be doing a thousand interviews. I just wanted to help this man at a very, you know, horrible time in his life. And that's really all I wanted to do. And, and talk to ghosts. <laughs> and I feel like Nikki's, that's why Nikki and I work so well together. Because I feel like our paranormal morals are kind of aligned in that way. We want to help people and we want to talk to spirit, you know. Would you agree, Nikki? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You like talking to spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. More so than living people sometimes. (laughs) Actually, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like talking to spirits. Yeah. Especially nowadays with everything going on in the world, I think I prefer dead people. (laughs) Yeah, I I say it every day and people look at me weird, but it's 100% truth. If you got a problem with that, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I'll talk to a ghost any day of the week. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Keith is like, no, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good, really. I'm good. I pass. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 Keith. You've had enough of this. Uh, if if it just stopped today, you would be okay with that. I'd be good. I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> you could probably get a good night's sleep for the first time in however many years. <laughs> man. That poor man. He didn't sleep for how long was it, Keith? That you really didn't have a good night's sleep. He told us it was like a long I don't even know time. a long uh, time. When I met you in three years, when I met you, and it's. It's over six years now. Oh my goodness, Keith! Oh, yeah, that's that's horrible. You're a trooper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think but it was. Thinking, I, right? I think it was uh, 2014 when we did our first interview. So about six years ago was the first interview yeah. that we did. Just crazy. Well, thank yeah. you all so much for coming on. You know, Keith, we'll we'll definitely be having you back when when the book releases later this year. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, thank you, Jen and Nikki. Uh, phenomenal job. And uh, yeah, I, I love to be back, uh, Jeremy, when uh, book three, like I said, it's going to be scientific. I think uh, the paranormal community will actually kind of like it. I'm hoping. Good. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for having us on. And thank you, Keith, once again, for allowing us to be a part of your case. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Well, it was my pleasure having all of you here. So best to you, and we'll uh, look forward to talking with you again. I have you know Keith's uh, books uh, on number one and number two on my bookshelf right here, so I've got a spot waiting for number three. And for those who are interested, we have put the link to the documentary on the website. We've also put it on our social media tonight. So if you have nothing to do, it's about an hour and a half, and it's, it's a documentary about the case. I mean, this is the real stuff, the real evidence, the stuff that you know those other shows did not want to show you for whatever reason so it's all there uh you know the finder is the seeker from the cold dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote pacific northwest i'm jeremy scott good night everyone
on going to college. Now the fun begins with setting up your dorm. Make it yours. Bed Bath & Beyond makes it easy. Sign up now for our college savings pass. Get 20% off your entire purchase every time you shop through September 30th. Only at Bed Bath & Beyond. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs, too. Higher-paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes. And CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. It keeps the show free for everyone. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How do you like to learn the secret to losing three to five pounds a week without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? It's called Body Sculpt RX. For the last two decades, we've helped countless people lose thousands of pounds. And now... It's your turn. Learn how to lose weight with one simple phone call and no prescription needed. You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a risk-free money-back guarantee. So if you're ready to start losing weight, call right now and get a free month supply with your first order of Body Sculpt RX. Call now. You have nothing to lose but the pounds. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. That's 800-395-4207. You've heard me talking about My Patriot Supply for a while, and things aren't getting any easier. From global conflicts and unstable supply chains, when shelves run on empty, you don't have to panic. Choose peace of mind with their three-month emergency food supply to keep your shelves and your stomach full. In an emergency, you won't have the time, resources, and ingredients to prepare your meals in the way you're used to. But you can get a leg up with My Patriot Supply. It's a three-month emergency food supply. You don't have to skimp. It's ready when you are. It's disaster-proof. And no food boredom here. 20-plus flavorful food and drink varieties. My Patriot Supply is offering a special deal for Into the Parabnormal listeners when you go to parabnormalradio.com slash food. Get your My Patriot Supply today from parabnormalradio.com slash food. That's parabnormalradio.com slash food. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 